All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Book Report. I'm Allie. And I'm right. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, we're glad you're here. We're on episode, what is this now? Six. Six. Episode six. Welcome. We've made it this far. But like, when do we stop saying that? <laughs> we've, we're on the episode six. We've made it this Once far. Once we conclude our first season, I'll feel like we really did it. We like accomplished we stuck with something. It. Yeah. yeah, that'll feel nice. It already feels good. I know. We've stuck with this six episodes in, consistently releasing every mm-hmm. week, even while I had COVID. We learned how to do it on Zoom. So yeah, I feel like we've really accomplished something. We have our, we've been talking about doing some headshots just to, <laughs> I mean, you've seen our faces if you follow us on Instagram or TikTok, but just we had some fun ideas and we have so many connections in their neighborhood with studios available to us, but we don't have any photographers in the neighborhood or anyone willing to do it for us for free, which they shouldn't have to, but no, no one should, you know, we but... don't have a budget. And we're like, you know what? We've been learning to do all of these things yeah. ourselves. We we can figure this out, right? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah. I think we should. I think we should try to figure it out just for the sake of this all being one big giant learning experience. Mm-hmm. And if it's bad, then we'll pay one of our friends to do it. We do have photographer mm-hmm. friends who are we do. very extremely talented mm-hmm. um, that we could definitely definitely reach out to them if we fail at it (laughs) but so far we're on a winning streak so yeah I don't know I think we should try it let's try it that'll be a fun (laughs) one we'll have to document that one for sure yeah Mm. so let's start well the book so this week's book is Song of Achilles this was my pick such a good book oh I mean spoiler for the podcast I'm obsessed with this book it it's been a bit since I read it, so I had to refresh my memory on the thousand characters that yeah. are in the book and in the story itself. But I remember after reading it, just feeling like I read a masterpiece. Yes. I, yes. Every The last book I read is always my most favorite book I've ever read. And when you wanted to read it for the podcast I like all of those feelings bubbled up again because it's just such a beautifully written book it's so good and our you'll hear our ice and our glasses clinking around with a Uzo spritzer let me take you Rach on the journey of the cocktail I tried to plan versus what I ended up with okay so I was you know reading the book rereading the book with the cocktail in mind. Like, what am I going to make? And in the book, they refer to the food that the gods are eating as ambrosia, which mm-hmm. I, being from the South, thought they ate ambrosia salad. Which, if you No, that's what I thought. If you're not from the South, or I don't know, if you don't know what ambrosia salad is, I think these sorts of salads are also a Midwest thing. But it's pineapple, mandarin oranges, Cool Whip, probably some Jello thrown in there mm-hmm. into the and we call pineapple them a salad. Or yeah, it's maraschino pineapple. Cherries? I think cherries? it has maraschino cherries. Mm-hmm. cherries. And I did not know ambrosia literally just means the food of the gods. Oh, now that feels it's cheap. not that they <laughs> that we call that ambrosia salad in Greek mythology. <laughs> they were not eating Cool Whip salad and fruit salad. <laughs> fruit ambrosia is a term that means the food of the gods but in my head i was like 
we have to make an ambrosia cocktail, ambrosia salad cocktail. <laughs> I love it. And I was thinking, okay, well, pineapple juice, fresh mandarin juice, like fresh, sque- mm-hmm. you know, juice of pineapple, juice mandarin oranges. Maybe do coconut milk for the cream mm-hmm. situation. And then I just kept thinking, this is too tropical. Mm. It's not – it doesn't feel like it fits with the book. And so I'm thinking all of this in my head, and I tell my husband, I say, you need to help me think through the cocktail for this book. And I told him my thought process about ambrosia salad. And the second I said, so I want to make ambrosia salad and do a cocktail, <laughs> the look on his face of mm-hmm. – that's vile is what his face said. I immediately nixed it and then just thought there's got to be like a Greek liquor that we mm-hmm. can just make a cocktail out of. So this is an Uzo spritzer. Uzo is a, a Greek liquor. Liqueur? Liquor? I don't know the difference. I don't know which one I don't I'm either. supposed to say. It's very licorice which I did not know until I opened the bottle to smell it. So you riffed on this? It's not a recipe? No, it is a recipe. So okay. I, I just... I found the liquor and then Googled some cocktails. And this is just a simple spritzer. It's just lemon juice, some mint, uh, two ounces of the juice of a lemon, two ounces of the liquor, some mint leaves. You shake it all together and then top it with sparkling water. This is now my drink of summer. It is so delicious. It is very refreshing. When Allie served it to me, I Mm -hmm. smelled it. Like, oh, God, I hate licorice. It isn't probably my drink of the summer. I'm going to drink it. Yeah. Even if you gave it to me a month from now. I might try my next one with basil instead. I think that would actually be better. I have some Thai basil in the front, which also Mm -hmm. has kind of a licorice-y flavor. Oh, that's true. And I think it would taste really Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. It's like an herbal margarita. It's very tart. There's no sugar in it. Yeah. So I feel like you wouldn't get a crazy hangover or anything. Doesn't take much these days. It doesn't. Welcome to your late 30s. But this is, yeah, so we're drinking an Uzo Spritzer as we read about Song of Achilles, or talk about Song of Achilles. I also shout out to one of our liquor stores. We go to two pretty regularly, Sinkers. (laughs) I was checking out with this, and the guy at the counter mentioned, you know, he'd never heard of it before, the liquor and I said, oh, well, we make cocktails based on the books we're reading, my friend and I. And then multiple people heard me say that and checking out. And we're like, oh, that's so cool. Well, what book is it for? And I tell them. And everything in me is thinking, you've got to say, it's for your podcast. You and I, could, I like couldn't work up the it. <laughs> I finally was just like quietly, oh, it's for a podcast. <laughs> but it was. If we gain one listener from Sinkers on Gallatin Avenue in East Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Welcome to the mm-hmm, book report with mm-hmm. Allie and Rach. Welcome, neighbor. Welcome, neighbor. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Allie. Uh, to the Uzo Spritzer, to Song of Achilles. If I close my eyes, am I in Greece? Are you? I'm not. <laughs> the incense I'm burning and the Uzo Spritzer just don't don't take you there? And, uh, mm, that fan you're doing right okay. now, that feels yeah, good. No, I'm fanning. Keep, it's like a palm I'm fanning fan. Rach. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into a summary of this book. It is, oh, it's so good. I also will preface this summary by saying I had to look up every pronunciation for all of these Greek mythology characters. I have a pronunciation guide in front of me for the ones that I could not say correctly. (laughs) I have a southern accent. This is not going to come out right. I'm going to mess a lot of them up, so... 
bear with me. So this uh, Song of Achilles is a retelling of, apparently retellings are the thing. Allie loves a good retelling. <laughs> Love a good retelling. Uh, it's a retelling of the Iliad, which I've never read. Did you have to read it in school? I taught, I was a teacher in a past life, mm-hmm. and I taught eighth grade at a charter school in Florida. And part of our eighth grade curriculum was the Odyssey. Okay. So we did That's a post small... Trojan War, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think we sound like such a moron. Those who can't teach, right? <laughs> that is, I do disagree with that intensely, but. It's been a long time. It's been like a decade. But we did a whole section on the Iliad, and then we read the Odyssey, which mm. my eighth graders just loved. Really? <laughs> when I say, I say, you can't see my oh, quotation marks. But I did not love. It was, it's just a long book, and, yeah. but I digress. Okay, I, so I think it's, you're right. It's a it's a retelling of the Iliad. It is from the perspective of Achilles' lover Patroclus, which I want to pronounce Patroclus because I'm from South Alabama. South Alabama, Patroclus. So that's kind of the first interesting thing is that it is from the it's from that perspective who in the Iliad is more of a side character, kind of in the background. Definitely comes into play more toward the end of the story but I guess there is a debate is what I was reading about whether they were lovers weren't lovers and all of that so I think more modern translations and ways to translate it have made it seem like that was true yeah but and it could have been I mean kind of like the bible things are translated to protect people Mm -hmm. and Maybe it was written the way it was written, and then it was changed. Yeah, you, I guess you just don't know, but yeah, but it's from Patroclus, Patroclus's point of view. Patroclus is a prince, a Greek prince, and he does not have a great relationship with his father. Kind of is always a disappointment. One thing that I learned in doing some research is that in the Iliad, multiple characters refer to Patroclus as kind or gentle, which is not common in a lot of Greek mythology. His father seems very not jazzed about that. And Patroclus accidentally kills a boy of noble birth and is exiled to, I cannot pronounce this. I looked up translations of this or how to pronounce this and everyone in the one video I watched said it differently. Pythia? Pythia. Pythia? Something like that. P-H-T-A-T-I-A? T-H-I-A? So anyway, he's exiled to this island and befriends that king's son, Achilles. And Achilles is first, well, Patroclus is first a little resistant to the friendship, but eventually they develop this really strong bond. Achilles uh, seems like the cool kid yeah. at school. Like, all the other kids think he's the shit. Yeah. And... There's all the, the, the king is known for fostering all of these exiled Mm-hmm. boys or like yeah. I don't know there's all these this like gaggle so it's of like boys. a gaggle of badasses yeah and Achilles is the baddest of the asses and he has Achilles is his dad's a king his mom is a goddess a sea nymph mm-hmm. and there's all these prophecies surrounding him too so Patroclus comes into the situation the shy gentle boy who's never really had a place in his own family mm-hmm. and Achilles takes him under his wing and makes him his companion and they eventually fall in love. They have this really strong bond. 
And Achilles goes off to be trained by the centaur. Chiron? Chiron? I thought it was Chiron, but I could, I could be have wrong. looked that one up. That's the one I didn't look up. Anyway, he's trained, and they're eventually called back because Paris of Troy has kidnapped Helen of Sparta. So Patroclus and Achilles have to go off because Achilles is this greatest Greek. Suppose the prophecy is like he's the greatest Greek warrior ever. The prophecy is that the War against Troy is where Achilles is going to make his name famous and become godlike, but that he will also die at the war after Hector. So Hector's like a Trojan prince. After Hector dies. And Hector's like the second greatest warrior behind Achilles. So Achilles and Patroclus crack this scheme of as long as you don't kill Hector, no one else is going to be able to kill Hector. As long as you don't kill Hector, you'll live so we can cheat time. Lots of other stuff is happening. At one point, Thetis is trying to hide Achilles away from the war. Achilles ends up married and, like, gets his wife pregnant, even though he and Patroclus are still lovers. So Patroclus, Briseis are very close companions. There's almost like a love triangle situation where Briseis loves Patroclus and dreams of like we could go off together like Achilles is going to die in this war and then you and I can Mm -hmm. end up together and married lots of stuff happens eventually Patroclus comes up with this scheme to take Achilles armor and take his place in the war Achilles doesn't want to fight this has been going on for 10 years but Patroclus says I'll adorn I'll wear your armor I'll go into battle or was it a secret oh you know in the Iliad I think he tells him in the book it might he doesn't. He, I think he does it in secret. Maybe he does it in secret. But he goes into war and is actually killed by Hector while wearing Achilles' armor. Achilles is mad with grief and goes to war after his death, kills Hector. And then um, as the war continues, Achilles kills more and more Trojans. He's finally killed by Paris. Paris shoots him with an arrow. And then you get this kind of sad it's it is a sad story. This is not a happy go lucky book. Pi- so Pyrus is Achilles' son and who he had years ago. And Pyrus enters the war then after Achilles passes away. Achilles had requested that his ashes and Patroclus' Patroclus's ashes be mixed together and they're buried together. So they have this joint burial. Pyrus does not like this idea. So he, when he erects the tomb, he only puts Achilles' name on it, which kind of traps Patroclus's spirit on Earth. He can't escape into the underworld or get be freed into the underworld to reunite with Achilles. And Thetis, who is Achilles' mother, this whole time does not approve of their relationship. Is not she doesn't think that Patroclus is good enough for her son, but she can interact with. Patroclus after he's kind of caught in between here in the underworld and eventually writes his name on the tomb after talking to him for a while. I am not a crier. It, but uh, that whole piece of the story where he was longing to be with Achilles and he's stuck in the tomb. Mm-hmm. And no one but the, the one character who hated him. Mm. that's the only person you can talk to and he just they just would like talk about their memories of Achilles Mm -hmm. and eventually she writes his name on the tomb and they can be together in the underworld 
And that's that's a brief summary of the book. There's so much that happens. Obviously, it is based off the Iliad. There is mm-hmm. a lot to take did, in and learn. Did you see Troy, the movie? I, you know what, I did not back in the day, I and I tried to. You I tried to watch it during COVID, like during not when I had COVID recently, but during quarantine. And I thought about that. I was like, we should rewatch it. I haven't seen it since maybe high school, whenever it came out. I watched it. But as I was reading this book, I'm like, God, all of this relationship with Hector. I know there is a movie about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all the characters in the movie. And was it, was there a, a romance between Achilles and Patroclus? I don't think that would have been a movie my parents would have let me see. Yeah. This gay love story. Also, I don't feel like that would have done well in theaters in the 2000s. No. I think he was the Hulk. Oh. In, yeah. And in the movie, they're both... I, I would say Hector is the hero of the story. He seems like a really good guy. He has a family. Achilles is played by Brad Pitt and he seems kind of just like laissez-faire about everything like Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit about this war I don't give a shit about Helen of Troy Paris seems like a wimp and and Paris is played by Orlando Bloom oh wow now I want to watch this like tonight (laughs) I do too I'm sure it's cheesy in like the way 2000s epic movies were with the exception of I, I, I liked 300 I didn't watch 300 either. And I liked, uh, what was Russell Crowe in? Why can't I Oh, The Gladiator? I liked Gladiator. Yeah. But I feel like Troy was a little cheesier than both of those. Okay. It had like every, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly, but, but the worst part, and the book did a good job of how excruciatingly painful it was to read it and then watch it in the movie, was after Achilles killed Hector, he dragged his body around mm-hmm. the city. And King, what was the king's name of? Anyway, Hector's father like comes and visits Achilles in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and begs for his body. Cause, like, yeah, the idea of like burying your dead is so important to like, what happens to that person's soul yeah. after they die. And oh. It's rough. This is not like a long book, and I do feel like so much happened. There's a lot. There's a lot that happens. So talking about the the movie Troy and then reading this book and realizing I've never read the Iliad or the Odyssey, Mm -hmm. I – when I was thinking of – I – when I – I lived in Haiti for a while, and we lived with uh, a family. The girls of the family were preteen, early teen years, and I was just borrowing their books all the time, so I read a lot of, like, YA literature at the the time. Yeah, literature. And – I read all the Percy Jackson series. Oh, yeah. And so much of what I think I know about Greek mythology is 100% from modern fiction. Like this, Song of Achilles, or Percy Jackson series. And I think I know it really well in trivia or something. Uh If a Greek mythology question comes up, I'm like, got it. I read Percy Jackson and Song of Achilles. (laughs) And I actually 
haven't <laughs> I know nothing about actual Greek mythology. I know of retellings of Greek mythology. Well, Miss Rach, the eighth grade teacher, mm-hmm. took her kids to see Percy Jackson. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, you were a cool teacher. Were you the cool teacher? E- you were. Come on. I was cool. I didn't think homework was a good idea. Still to this day, don't. Mm-mm. And I think the kids really thought that was important. She didn't give them homework. I didn't give them homework. <laughs> but yeah, she, I Oy took vey. them to the movies. She's like, wow, this is great. This makes my day so much easier. That's funny. But yeah. It's not the way field trips work. Yeah. So I, I definitely probably should learn things about. I mean, I think this book is a is not Percy Jackson. No, no shame on Percy Jackson. It's a great, fun YA series. But um, sorry, I almost be- started crunching my eyes and I had it in my mouth. I was like. Shit. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Did you um, hate, get a big licorice flavor? Uh, yeah, so this book is one of the most beautifully written books I've read in a long time. I mean, it is the descriptions. Mm-hmm. I f- you feel like you are there. Like Do you, you know can, anything about the author if she had written – was this the first book she wrote? I don't know if or? it was the first book she wrote. I did watch some interviews with her – you know what? I don't think it was because I was watching one interview with her. She has a master's in Greek and Latin. Like She is a smart, smart person and was apparently loved the Iliad. So I will say the author's name. Madeline Miller. Madeline Miller is the author. Master's in Greek and Latin. Super smart. She read the Iliad in Greek in high school is what I was – I think I'm getting this right – was – listening to her give a speech about it and how she much she loved it and she was saying that she had it's like she had two separate paths in life she said she had her writing and she had her like greek mythology career and she never thought to combine them so she must have been writing beforehand but dang she does have a ton of books i just looked up the other book she's written and there's there are others i think we're gonna read cersei next season we haven't decided on the the whole season's books yet but i love to read cersei yeah i this was i mean she's so good this Mm -hmm. is one of the i mean i feel everything feels like you're in greece everything i kept seeing like washes of golden sunlight and you know the gods eating ambrosia salad well if (laughs) if i was i've been thinking a lot about the books i gravitate towards lately and it's not you know, you have you have friends, and maybe it's you, maybe it's a listener, but you love books that teach you something mm-hmm. or answer a question you've been asking yeah. or provide some kind of help in your life. What or you just love beautiful writing? Yeah. That is not me. I just want to read a book that keeps my attention. Mm-hmm. Like the bar is very low. I like thrillers. Mm-hmm. Michael Crichton was my favorite author in high school I just I love things that keep me turning the pages and one of the reasons I love like trading back and forth so much is because we have such different tastes and this was a book that was just recommended over and over and over again on book talk and I loved it it did keep my attention and the writing is just so beautiful yeah it's so it's so good didn't you say I, we were talking a little bit beforehand that this book like book talk is what made this book blow up right there's 19 million hashtags 
and that was in 2018 or yeah I was trying to find the article so I can link it on Instagram for this book and it was really she had written this and it didn't catch on and then Book Tark started reading it attached it to like a Billie Eilish song and it shot to the New York Times bestseller list. That's so interesting how, I mean, social media, we're elder millennials, so we didn't have any social media until Mm. college. And just to see the evolution of how, I hope you could probably hear my kids in the background outside. Oh, it sounded like (laughs) someone got run over. I think they're, I think they're wrestling in the front yard, so that's what you can probably hear. Okay, so this came out in 2012. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is wild. I know. It's just the the role it plays in, I mean, of course it plays into what's popular and that feels mm-hmm. obvious, but in people's lives and careers is so fascinating to You're me. You're putting out these books or even my husband puts songs into the world and is frustrated if a song doesn't do well or mm-hmm. if an album doesn't do well, but with... Like the onward progression of technology, who knows? I know. Kate Bush is popular again. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so crazy how uh, things, yeah, it's such an, it's yeah, so I didn't know that about 2012. That is 10 years ago. I know, that 10 is years ago. Oh my gosh. It is so nuts. Oh, the other thing I, in watching this interview with her, I loved, and this This is what – I was thinking about the retelling thing, how I've now picked two retellings and what it is I like about them. And I heard – she was talking about her mother would read the Iliad to her when she was a little girl. And then she got her master's in Greek and she was saying she wanted to keep participating in these stories. And that clicked something in my head where when you love a story and you can't get over it – and I think people do that in so many ways these days with – fan art or uh what is like fan story what am i mm-hmm. trying to say fan fi- oh, fan, fan fiction, fiction. Mm-hmm. or there's all these ways people you want to participate in it you want to yeah. be part of it and for her to have this ancient thousands year old story that she wants to participate in yeah. and find such a great way to do it i think that i don't know that clicked something clicked when she said it that way that she wanted to participate i'm like who, that's what we all want to do you want to immerse yourself in something you asked me do you say ask that way what it was like three syllables you asked to you asked, <laughs> asked me. me you asked yeah, i think me. i do make it multiple syllables i think it was our first episode of a curse of dark and lonely about what you would retell yeah. and what book did you say or what story Oh, I don't remember what I said. Uh, we talked about Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Um, but I don't really think, after hearing her say that she just wanted to keep participating, I don't know if I have. That's just not a, hmm. something I've ever thought about or wanted. I do. But. I tend to latch on. At, my son is the same way, too. Even if there's a song I love, I could put it on repeat and listen all day. Yeah, if there's same. a movie I love or a series I love, I want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of it too. If you're that kind of, but you said you do you do like that, yeah. But you there's not a story that you just want to. Oh, I can't get enough of it. Not, I mean, I guess 
you know when you finish a book and you just want to stay in that yeah. book forever? I felt that way about Akatar. It mm-hmm. was I started reading the Throne of Glass series right after because I felt like, oh, you like one Sarah J. Moss book, you're gonna like them all. Mm-hmm. But it was the it was too soon. I couldn't I couldn't kick the characters yeah. from Akatar and dive into this other world. And it, it affected the way I have, I mean, the Throne of Glass series is a DNF right now. Yeah, I same. Midway same. through. And I, knew, I, I I liked the story. It just didn't have the the grip on me that the Akatar characters did. And so I get that. Like, I get wanting to stay immersed in a mm-hmm. story. But there isn't anything that, I'm even trying to think like Harry Potter. Oh, I can immerse myself. I mean... To be cliche millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can immerse myself. But that's in that. the book I got excited about. Like, how are we going to read it to our son? How are we going to, you know, it's such a special book to us. Or the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, yeah. I really loved the Chronicles of Narnia. I think about that make it so, so much special. with TV shows I'm watching now that I love that my kids aren't old enough to watch. Mm-hmm. I think about watching it with it was Stranger Things. We just finished watching mm-hmm. Stranger Things. I think it's one of the best TV shows ever. It's and it's also so nostalgically 80s, you know, we're kids of the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. My boys see, you know, images of it all the time on when they're on Netflix or whatever and they want to watch it. I'm like you can't you're just not old enough yet. It's genuinely scary. It's nightmare fuel yeah. for an adult. <laughs> so I was like you can't watch it. It'll be so fun to watch it with them one day. I think about mm-hmm. that so much about the stories, TV shows. I thought about it with Game of Thrones and was like I cannot sit and watch that with my child. That's yeah, the most awkward. I can a barely watch it with my friends. College exploration. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just know I love it, but I can't. It is super weird. I I totally forgot we watched that as a group. Oh yeah. I watched it I, so I was in Ireland for a while, almost a month, for work one time. And we they would show it at this bar. So we would all go watch it together at a bar. And the time was odd because of, it, we were in a different time zone. Um, <laughs> and then, then there was one time they weren't showing it at the bar. So three of us, two of my coworkers and I, watched it in a hotel room together and it was so uncomfortable. I was, it's so awkward. It's such an awkward show to watch with anyone, honestly. I watched it in a bar. It's less awkward in a bar because you're all just like drinking and you can more openly be like, this is weird. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. I told, I, it's coming back to me now how awkward it was. But. So awkward. We watched it all together all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, did themed cocktails and everything. Actually, these cocktail glasses, I, one of them had a chip in it because for the finale of Game of Thrones, I made cocktails where I lit them on fire. And this is like, these cocktail glasses we're drinking out of are vintage family heirloom cocktail glasses. And I thought it was a great idea to make a cocktail that you lit on fire in these glasses. And it cracked one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember so, yeah. that cocktail. One of them. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I lit it on fire and one of them cracked. Um. Yeah, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about is all throughout this book, the way they're describing Achilles and Patroclus and the way their love story unfolds. Well, one, it feels realistic. It Mm -hmm. feels to be Greek mythology, fiction written about Greek mythology felt like the way a friendship turns into a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. It felt so natural and was so well written in that way. 
But also I could not stop thinking about David and Jonathan in the Bible. Hot take. Okay, give it to me. And I'm not familiar with it. It's probably story. it's not a hot take. David and Jonathan. No. David and Jonathan were like BFFs in the King David. Yeah, who's Jonathan? His his Patroclus. <laughs> Patroclus. Is, I can't say it correctly. Patroclus. mom sh- shield me from the story? It is, okay, it's like Ruth and Naomi, essentially. Where as an adult Still looking... nothing. As an adult looking back, you're like, mm, you were that... You were, y'all were close friends. And it's one of the arguments... It's one of the arguments I have now heard as an adult about why homosexuality is not actually condemned in the Bible. One, if you look into translations and verses, you can undo some of that. But also... If you look at David and Jonathan in their relationship or Ruth and Naomi, it feels ro- like a romantic relationship. And Achilles and Patroclus are David and Jonathan. Two, well, David and Jonathan are 2.0 of them. It is, <laughs> I could not stop thinking about it. And now I'm upset that you don't know the story of David and Jonathan. Because Jonathan I is dro- killed, I was a Sunday right? school dropout. My pastor started stealing from our church in when I was like eight. So we stopped going. Okay. Jonathan was the son of Saul. <laughs> and then David. To me. Jonathan was the son of Saul. David obviously becomes King David. And the Bible is not explicitly. They, they, it obviously is interpreted nowadays that it's a platonic love. David and Jonathan also make a covenant with each other. That they. I need to find. I'm trying to find the Bible verses. But it. It's very, it's a very intense relationship, and it just reminds me a lot of. Oh, um, interesting. Reminds me a lot of, yeah, our boys Achilles and Patroclus. Um, also, just made me, I don't know, made me laugh that it was very similar. What's the Greek word they use for the feelings they had for one another? Oh, I don't know. I'm. Is that in Wikipedia? Can you? Wikipedia I'm looking that? at Wikipedia right now, but. Oh, speaking of which. Just to be on the lookout, I was doing some research for the next book we're doing, and there's a bookpedia, like a wiki for books, and it has just like general summaries if there's another book in the series. It gives you like a good picture of if you're picking a book or picking up a book that you read a long time ago to kind of give you some like key notes to pick off where you pick up where you left off. And it had like a major spoiler and you know, I don't care about spoilers, but it was a big one and it wasn't one I'd asked for. And it just <laughs> heads up because it's, I don't think it's as, it's not audited. Like, yeah. Anything else about the book? Anything you loved? Didn't, is there anything you didn't like? I liked all of it. I have nothing bad to say, but when you brought up the mom, I felt like she was such a an interesting character because she didn't hate her mm-hmm. she no. was always kind of on the outskirts of whatever's going on and and that her and Achilles had a relationship that was it was a strong bond even though she dis- she knew what was going on with Patroclus and she did not she tried to intervene but he didn't hate her for that he Mm-mm talk to her still he still sought her advice I, I felt like they just had a really interesting relationship yeah. and at the end I I liked how she yeah it played into my casting and who I was seeing in my head I love who you cast 
Well, there's a few options. I liked the first one. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's jump into okay. the casting then because okay. I have a lot of thoughts about that casting. So we'll start with the- Thetis because she seems intense. Mm-hmm. Very The way she's described is very like angular facial features, long yeah. black hair, very intense. So immediately I thought of Angelina Jolie because mm-hmm. she just gives off those vibes. But by the end of the book, I was actually – picturing Claire from Outlander because she also has similar like striking features and can look so intense and be so badass but has more of a motherly like caring vibe and at the end that's who I was picturing Uh uh-huh also threw in Elizabeth Mitchell do you know who she is only from like Lost oh look her up with dark hair she would be she would be great too. Can't find I had a hard time. Angelina Jolie to me is just always intense. Mm-hmm. So by again, by the end, I think I changed who I was picturing. But that was mm. that was uh that was the first yeah. I mean, any of them could do it. But you like yeah. Angelina Jolie, that's I you. do. Mm-hmm. I I like but it's probably just the dark hair. I can't find any pictures of Elizabeth Mitchell with dark hair. But, yeah, I think Angelina Jolie would do a she would good be great. sea nymph. Yes. So Achilles, I had Sam Claflin. Yes. Yes, who, yes, yes. That I couldn't even immediately. And in the beginning of the story, they're younger. Mm-hmm. Like 12 or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Still could only picture Sam Claflin. Like, I don't know what he looked like when he was 12, but this is who I picture. That is the only... I didn't recognize the name when I saw it on here, but the first picture that comes up is him in Hunger Games. And I was like, yeah. Yes, yes. (laughs) Perfect. Because he does have that kind of like Greek god look about him. He does. But looks so, he also can be so sweet and kind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with Achilles in this book. You get both sides. You get the like war obsessed, you know. Mm Mm-hmm warrior uh who's very intense but you also see his kind side because it's told through the story of or through the point of view of his lover so sam claflin i think has to be yeah no i you did great okay patroclus i had timothy chalamet or hear me out harry styles i think could also do it i think either of those would do i think you did great (laughs) i so Timothy Chalamet feels too obvious. I I didn't think that. I'm trying to think sometimes who I sometimes he gets saw. on my nerves too. I don't know why. So then I was torn because when you think about Patroclus being so gentle, so kind, so likable, just nothing's wrong with him. I mean, who comes to mind but Harry Styles? Mm-hmm. If we want to think of someone who could do no wrong. Well, I've been wanting to ca- – I feel like I put him in every casting and then I cross him out. He'd so be like, good in this. Yeah, he'd be Also, great. he and Sam Claflin would make a beautiful couple. <laughs> he needs to be in something where he plays like a likable character. Yeah, yeah. I can't cast him as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Briseis, I had Mad- – and I pictured this person, Madison Bailey, who is from Outer Banks. So I don't – I've never watched Outer Banks. Oh. Um, oh, you need to watch A Outer lot of Banks. people in the neighborhood do. <laughs> but I just looked her up and she'd be great. Yeah. I only cast two others. Hector, Ben Barnes. Oh, yeah. He'd be awesome. So good. Uh Uh-huh. And then 
Chiron, Chiron, however, we don't know how to, Chiron, we don't know how to pronounce it because I didn't look it up. I, listen, I'll tell you why I picked Jason Momoa. It's because I envisioned him on a horse because I watched Game (laughs) of Thrones. I couldn't, I didn't want to cast him for some reason. It just felt, I don't know. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm picturing Jason Momoa. And then suddenly I thought, oh, it's because this is a centaur and I can picture him yeah, no, I think that's fine. Because I, I was no, obsessed with Game of Thrones. I, I really, because that character is wise. Yeah. And even thinking about him now, and I don't know if it's because I've seen interviews with him, his casting in Game of Thrones was perfect. Perfect. But how much you hated him to begin with, like when you first mm-hmm. meet him. I know it's not a ton of episodes before you grow to like, oh. Mm-hmm. They're they're great for each other. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's gonna be good. You, he, he's actually not in Game of Thrones for that long. No, but he's like a core character that you can't. He was just my favorite. Uh huh. And he's just so I like, like as a person mm-hmm. when he talks. Is he married to Lisa Bonet? He was. I think they're they split recently. Oh, okay. Well, that's really sad. I know. Um, but he seems like a delightful person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he has to be. Did you have anyone else? I didn't cast anyone else because. At a certain point, you have all of these Greek gods or kings, and I'm just picturing the same four I think Troy ruined it for me. Mm. I couldn't see, especially with Orlando Bloom and Hector, they were just the only people I could see was that, like, 2000s movie. I pictured a lot of older actors, and again, it just all blends together, and it could be any of them. Jason Isaacs. Oh. Pictured him as a lot. I saw some people casting Jamie Dornan for Hector, and I thought he could be any of these younger princes mm-hmm. in it. Gerard Butler as well. There's it's just it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, they could play any of these Greek gods yeah. or so I didn't cast anyone else, but do you have anyone that you No. The only person I think his name is it's not Adrian Brody. Have you seen any of the the Netflix series You. I, yes, I did. Okay. I didn't finish even the first season, but. So I I did finish them, unfortunately. I, I love to waste my time, <laughs> my precious time. But Pin Bagley, Bagley? Hold on, let me see. How you, Badgley, Badgley. Is that, how, I have no idea how you pronounce Bad, um, Badgley? Badgley, maybe. <laughs> We're really great with pronunciations. I thought he clearly. would have been a good Patroclus, but or Patroclus, um, Patroclus, Patroclus. But I, you just ruins him. Mm-hmm. Just such a psychopath. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think this would be a fun one to cast. There's there's a lot of folks who could be really great in this. But there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters to cast. But mm-hmm. those are the main ones. All right, so what's our – let's go ahead and get into the next book. What do you, what have you got for us? So we mentioned young adult, or yaw, as we like to call it around. <laughs> we have a, a friend, a very dear friend of ours, who mispronounced – She's not a book lover, and, like, she doesn't read fiction books. She reads solely crime books and biographies. Uh-huh. And she was with young adult authors and mm-hmm. kept referring to them as yaw books. <laughs> And we were talking, and she kept saying it. She's like, that's how you say it, right? Like, I've never said it that way. I've always said both words, but 
I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. She's like, no, I was with all of these. No one corrected me. <laughs> I just kept saying y'all like it was an inside joke. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is it? I Tell us. <laughs> hey, I'm like 90% sure it's You just YA. say YA. Yes. Right? Now I'm second guessing myself, but anyway. I want to say YA. I don't ever want to say y'all. I'm never saying it. I don't care every Gen Zer is saying y'all. I'm not saying (laughs) y'all. Well, the book that I I normally don't read young adult fiction. I can't even remember. Maybe it was, it wasn't Percy Jackson. I read The Hunger Games Mm -hmm. and I loved that. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why. I never came back to it, but A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson was recommended so many times on TikTok. And I took it on vacation earlier this year. I didn't know that there were two sequels or a it's a trilogy. From what I had seen on the wiki pages, they're standalones, so they're about different things. So we're not gonna do all three this season, but maybe we could pick one up in the fall or winter, but I loved the first I'm book. I'm excited. And I can't wait to talk about it with you. Yeah. So Good Girl's Guide to Murder will be back on with episode seven and covering that one. And I'm super excited. I love all of the different types of books we've been reading. We've been all over the place. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you join us next week. Let us know if you're listening let us know if my vocal fry is absolutely <laughs> terrorizing you in your sleep. As I re-listen to our episodes, I kind of want to die. No, it's but it's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone where to find us? Yes. On all the things? You can find us on TikTok at The Book Report Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at The Book Report Podcast. You can find us on Gmail at The Book Report Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. And... We are just... We're on Goodreads, too. Yeah. that's We're on Allie and Rach on Goodreads. Yeah. So look for us there if you want to read along or mm-hmm. you know, see what we're thinking about for next season. Yeah. yeah. Find us find us wherever. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. We need a, we need a thing. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>